I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs, and I am joined by John Miller. John, what's up, man? I, I thought I was I thought I was out of here, but I got sucked back in. I mean, no, in all in all seriousness, it's uh, you know, elephant in the room. Yeah, I couldn't stay away. Yeah, the ten goodbye podcasts I did were a bit much and over the top. I get it. <laughs> And I agree with you, but you know, um, I stayed retired twice as long as Brett Favre did the first time around. Um, but I, I missed everybody at the end of the day, you know, all of a sudden COVID comes out of nowhere and we're all kind of by ourselves. And I'm like, you know, I kind of miss interacting with Iowa fans online. So I maybe have a little more gas in the tank than I thought. So let's go ahead and do this. You know, and we're poised to have a, a at least a winter sports season that could be historic. Oh, believe it. That was at the heart of it all last year. Okay, so you, so what was I doing in February and January? I wasn't tweeting, but do you remember the messages that you were getting in your inbox and your phone? Constantly, constantly. Yeah, you had stats. You had all this. Yes, from me texting you hey this is a good stat to talk about hey what do you think i just wanted to talk to somebody about it so you and rob got all of my you know got both barrels and the and the thought of missing out on this basketball season and not being able to interact with people not be able to preside over the you know the internet talk shows i'm going to do with hawkeye podcast obviously we're going to be doing this podcast during football season for hawkeye nation which is great but i've kind of started a new deal at hawkeyepodcast.com um, and then at hawkeye podcast on twitter the thought of not interacting with iowa fans for that i couldn't bear that i mean this is my life 20 you know, you do something for 20 years and you're 49 and you didn't start working professionally until 23. And so, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, you know, 80% of my professional life I've been doing this. And it's funny how, you know, internet relationships and Twitter friendships and things like this become real over time. And then as you alluded to, COVID hits and all of your kind of real life relationships become very different. Yes. And all of a sudden for a lot of people, those online relationships, those friendships on Twitter, those interactions, those conversations are one of the only things you have to lean on and it becomes that much more valuable. There's no doubt. I mean, I'm not too proud to say it. Um, I'm, I'm a big homebody anyway. 
But um, yeah, I mean, these, these virtual relationships that we're all carrying on right now, I've been doing that since 1998. And in some instances with some people, it was 1995 back in the herky.org days or the original big 10.org fan forms. If you can all believe that who are youngsters out there, the big 10 actually had their own message boards that they didn't moderate. And it was the most wild of wild West that there ever was. It was daily. I hate you. F you unmoderated and hosted on big 10.org. And I was Denver Hawkeye way back then. So I've, I've got people that I've, that I've interacted with on the interwebs back to the mid nineties. Wow. Well, I've, I've put this off uh, as long as I possibly could. We got to talk about this game. And uh, I did a, an instant reaction podcast. I went back and listened to that uh, yesterday afternoon because it, this was the first instant reaction podcast I had done for football. And you and I had talked on Thursday in the, the Hawkeye nation radio show on, on KXNO. And it's also in your podcast feed here on Hawkeye nation. Um, I, I said, I'm not going to be able to keep the perspective of glad we have a football season. Hey, this, this maybe almost never happened when Iowa loses a game. The, the emotional fan in me is going to come out and losing sucks regardless of context and Saturday sucked. And I, I went back and listened. I was a little more emotional than maybe I thought I was. Cause I really just, I came into a room, I turned on a mic and I just went and, um, I've calmed down a little bit. Uh, I don't think, and I don't think I said this is going to tank the season or anything, but I, I am worried, John, that this is kind of an, an expectation changing loss for Iowa. We'll learn a lot more, obviously in the next couple of weeks about how this team responds and how they react and, and what comes next. But I did not, I didn't, I didn't have this down as a loss, even though I knew Purdue out schemes Iowa and has for several years, even though I know that they find a, a mismatch that they like and they exploit it over and over and over and over again. We've seen this four years in a row now. I, I still just didn't expect Iowa to, to fall in this game. And now that they have, I look ahead and all of the questions that were brought up on Saturday afternoon, I, I just don't know how they get answered this quickly because there's no bye weeks and there's only seven games left in this season. You got to figure things out very fast. Uh, and I, I'm just worried that they're not going to be able to do it. They may not. Um, they may, th there may have been some significant fault lines that were uncovered that um, will be difficult to heal in the weirdest of seasons. As you mentioned, there's no developmental time really in the season. And that's, that's a big for a Kirk Ferentz program. Um, or, Iowa happened to be playing against the one program in the Big Ten that schemes them better than anyone else does. That is the biggest mismatch for their defense. I would rather play against almost Ohio State and their talent than Purdue's approach with Jeff Brom. We talked about all these things on Thursday. I remember I said, I don't want to pick a winner in this game because I, I, I see it going both ways. Yeah. And it's, it's that, it's that fifth man that's fifth defensive back and that sixth defensive back that you have to play a lot against Purdue. And a lot of people after the game, are like, Oh my gosh, Purdue ran all over us in the fourth quarter. Our defense was so tired. They, okay. They got gassed a few times, but no, it's, it's called smart football. It's you put four and five wide receivers out and that walks your defensive personnel out and it makes the box five or six on five. 
that's just smart football. It's something I wish Iowa – I've been saying for over a decade, Iowa needs to run the ball out of spread formations because they typically play really well on the offensive line. And if you got a guy like Tyler Goodson, power spread anybody? I mean, I was thinking about that today. So Purdue's, Purdue and Iowa, it's not a good fit for Iowa. Give me – I would – I, mean, I would say, give me Wisconsin. They've pretty much been running <laughs> crap over Iowa. But just give me – like this week, Northwestern. They, they yeah. you know, they, they are much more power team. They don't have – they don't have a receiver in David Bell who gets 21 targets. Have you – 21 freaking targets is what David Bell had. And Purdue's not afraid to keep going right back to it. Run it again. Run it again. Run it again. So, yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't like it. And, unfortunately, Iowa really shot itself in the foot probably beat itself more than Purdue beat it. That yeah. Iowa team on Saturday was better than that Purdue team generally. But when Rondale Moore comes back and Jeff Brom comes back and their starting running back comes back, I don't maybe I don't know that they're better than that from than that team. So yeah, could be a number of things, Andrew. But the good news is we got five days from when we're recording this to find out. And if they lose then, uh oh. Or if they win, then they get Sparty coming in, then they're two and one, and you're, you know, you're back doing the freaking uh, Lombada again. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's, it is funny how, how quickly our emotions change and our expectations change week to week in a football season. You kind of forget that when you get into a, a basketball season and if you're a oh, baseball yeah. fan watching, you know, a full baseball season, even the you know, NBA, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the week to week ride that a football season is, is uh, it's pretty jarring coming into, into the game Saturday a lot of the talk, John, was about this offense and, and the weapons that they have, the speed that they have. And even though they've got a first-year starting quarterback who hasn't really played any, any significant snaps, he is surrounded at all positions by stud guys. And this offense put up three points in the second half against Purdue. Um, I guess, first of all, what's, what's the biggest issue you saw with the offense and uh, how do you feel about Spencer Petras after watching him play four quarters of football? I love Petras. Um, his mechanics were shaky, um, but it's his first game kind of expected that. Uh, I think the ball explodes out of his hands, unlike many Iowa quarterbacks I've seen in the Kirk Ferentz era, maybe going back to John Butcher. Um, as far as the thing with Iowa, they've got all these shiny pieces on offense. They've got all these playmakers now, a position that they've never had found they've never found themselves in before and I'm wondering and one game I mean first game overreactions Andrew as you know are, are yeah. very popular but first game overreactions in an eight game season let's worry like double and then triple down here <laughs> but I wonder if they almost have a Fran McCaffrey problem and one of Fran's biggest problems is is he tries to play 11 guys or 12 guys yep. and I don't know that on Saturday I could walk away and tell you what Iowa, Iowa football thinks its offensive identity is. Mm. I think it tried to be too many things. 
when at halftime they're dominated in the running game. And also Petrus had a good first half passing too. Don't get me wrong, but you end the game averaging 5.4 yards per carry against a big 10 opponent. And you had 195 yards rushing and you threw it three more times than you ran it. That to me is a program or a team or a Saturday that doesn't know who and what it wants to be. And I know this is going to hit home for you hard. This is why I have Wisconsin football envy. They stay on brand, always stay on brand. Iowa needs to figure out what it wants to be when it grows up because Saturday in a bit was like a microcosm of what I think we've seen for a number of years. They do, I don't know that they know what their identity is on offense. They got a lot of nice shiny things to play with, but you can't, you can't, I mean, Tyrone Tracy needs more than two touches. Mm-hmm. Tyler Goodson needs to touch the ball at least once in the fourth quarter. So I don't know. It, it was, it was frustrating, but first game for the coaches and coordinators too. The fourth quarter thing with uh, with Goodson, I've seen a lot of people talking about, and, and rightfully so, because I agree. Tyler Goodson is certainly the best running back on the team, maybe the best offensive player on this team, uh, a, a guy who's got game-breaking speed at, at multiple levels, uh, catching the ball, running the ball. We've seen what he can do as a freshman. He looks even bit – the way he ran on Saturday, yeah. oh, my God. He, yeah. The strength he has, yeah. the, when, when he decides where he's going and he gets there, it's it's fun to watch. But Makai Sargent looked good too. And it's it's easy to now look back and say, well, he fumbled the game away, you know, late in the game. It's it's just hard for me to second guess having him on in that drive where he was playing so well. Yeah, I hate to do this to you. I mean, having a murder right here in the first first podcast we're doing together. <laughs> um, you just talked about how amazing Goodson looked, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me give you the um, the gift of foresight. So let's say you had an opportunity to watch that first quarter. In, in, you know, you 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 time traveled. All you were allowed to see was the first quarter, and you saw that Goodson. Yeah. And then we brought you back into real time and said that Goodson isn't going to get one touch in the fourth quarter. How do you feel about that, Andrew? Not good. Not good. Not good. And you're right. Makai Sargent was running. This isn't a knock against Makai. This is your most dangerous playmaker with the ball, your biggest home run hitter in the running game, a guy that can turn singles and doubles into home runs with the same holes as the other two backs who can't do it, like Sean Green in 08. He, you know, Sean Green was, a, was a, a doubles hitter with home run holes, but he still got it done. But you put a Akram Wadley or a Tyler Goodson with those 2008 holes behind that 2008 line, he's probably running for 2,500 yards. Again, that's not, a, that's not a crack on Green. I'm just saying and you get no carries in the fourth quarter. If I had told you that before the game and I would have given you the ability to see the, the first quarter of Tyler Goodson, you'd, 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 I think you'd see things differently. I don't disagree with you. I, I do think that – I mean, Goodson got more carries than Sargent. Sargent had almost way, as many yards. Way more reps. Way more reps. Yeah. No doubt. When you look – Tom Caker of Hawkeye Report tweeted that out, and I thought it was a really good point because Tom disagrees with me on this one. Um, I, think, I think it was almost like – he might've had 70% more snaps than, than Makai Sargent. So people are like, John, what are you going off on this for? I'm saying 
Tyler Goodson didn't have one touch in the fourth quarter. That's all. And, I'm and that, I'd have told that you that does, before the game. You'd have been pissed off. Wait, was he hurt? And no, that, he's, healthy. he's healthy. He's healthy. It does lead into the into the Fran McCaffrey thing too, because uh, you know you have multiple guys who can do multiple things, but at the end of the game, when when it's all on the line, uh, you want your best guys out there touching the ball. You're right about that. Yeah. This this is basically kind of what I saw on Saturdays, handing out juice boxes to everybody after the game. Um, no, no. <laughs> One of the hard things about this weird season uh, and the lack of non-conference games is we have no context to put any of these other games in. And so we saw Northwestern who had a historically anemic offense last season. I mean, couldn't do any, I don't know how many games it took them to put up 43 points last season. Uh, we saw them run wild on a Maryland team Saturday night. Now, we don't know how bad Maryland is. Maybe they would have lost a non-conference game to Georgia State, and we would have said, oh, yeah, no problem. And maybe Northwestern would have had some close wins or, you know, whatever. We just have no context for this at all. And so all I know is that a better Northwestern team than Iowa played last year is coming into Kinnick Stadium this weekend with a, a quarterback who looks looks like he knows that offense and looks pretty confident um, and a defense that in Iowa that can't get pressure – uh, and that the linebacker issue is there. I don't know when these guys are going to be back, when they'll be at full strength, if ever this season at that position. Uh, and and a, a defensive backfield that just got torched by David Bell, the only real threat on the other side of the ball. I'm worried about this Northwestern game because of those reasons. Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be. And I think that those are all valid points. Let me toss out maybe a, a, a good and bad. One of the things you, myself, and Joe Schmilka talked about on Thursday night, I said, don't expect much pressure on the quarterback because Purdue gets the ball out and they get it out quickly. They oftentimes identify their mismatch they want pre-snap. And in this instance, it was David Bell 21 times, um, just like they did Rondale Moore two years ago and like they did David Bell last year. David Bell last year, So yeah. you're not going to get an opportunity to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback against Purdue style. Yet again, another reason why I hate playing against Iowa, playing against that. But O'Connell did hold the ball longer than most seasoned Purdue quarterbacks do. And Iowa struggled to get consistent pressure with their front four. Outside of Davion Nixon, if you didn't have the names of these players memorized, you wouldn't be able to name any single one of them because they didn't stand out for anything other than Van Valkenburg stood out because of a sack that he didn't make. So that's not good. And I don't think that Barrington Wade was supposed to be in man-on-man -man coverage against David Bell on Purdue's last touchdown. So I'm going to say he wasn't. He thought he was in zone because he handed off. Clearly, he was there to jam. So that was another breakdown. So you're right. Ghosts of Northwestern past certainly pop up here. I don't think Peyton Ramsey is Dan Persa or C.J. Bechet or any one of these Hawkeye killers from the past. I think he's good. 
He's serviceable, and I'm not saying Iowa's going to win this game in a blowout, but Northwestern to me looks like a team that wants to play power football first and foremost. And when they do, when Peyton Ramsey does throw to these guys, he's not throwing to a game-breaker like Bell or uh, Moore. He's throwing to guys whose names, when you put their three wide receivers together, sounds more like a law firm than a wide receiver core. So not really guys that are going to stretch the field on you. Um, Not that they can't get first downs – but I'm more comfortable allow, you know, making teams put together 7 to 12 plays to score just the Norm Parker way. Purdue only scored 24 points, all right? So I don't know that Northwestern is going to top that, and I think that Iowa will. What's the biggest improvement you hope to see between what you saw Saturday on the field and what you will see this Saturday from a Hawkeye perspective? Penalties get the penalties back to three or four, 10 penalties for 100 yards. Iowa had 460 yards of offense in a first game against a big 10 opponent in the first game, Mm -hmm. 460 yards of offense against Northern Illinois makes you feel pretty decent. That's that's against real, real big 10 football there. Um, So get that back down to four, three, four penalties for 30, 40 yards. It's probably a big deal. Now that's kind of a sucky thing to say penalties, John, come on, you can do better than that. To me, Petrus making the makeables. Yeah. Making, making the makeables work on, work on getting that elbow up, throwing in the, with the elbow parallel to the ground, as opposed to dipping at a perpendicular angle to the ground, because that causes the ball to float. Um, Several times that happened. That's a technique issue. I think he was just too amped up. You're right. You said settle down. I think that's really it. Petrus settling down and really everyone settling down. Yeah. And, and keep your head in the game. I think that Amir Smith's Marset, I think that Amir Smith-Marset's head was out of that game from the first quarter on. Didn't like his body language at all. He wasn't in it. I, he sh- I think he should have at least made an attempt to dive or fight harder on one of those deep balls. He, he, he needs to step up. This is fun, man. I like talking Hawkeye football with you, and uh, I'm excited that we get to do it every Monday uh, this season. Uh, this is, uh, you know, you and I have had a long history uh, you know, kind of next to each other on the radio, yeah. and, you know, in podcasts and uh, in this game. And so this is fun to kind of actually get to sit down one-on-one yes. and, and have these chats. It's yes. Time. I mean, our, our, this is our longest on-air interaction almost uh, <laughs> outside of the time back in 2009, when I asked you for a traffic update on your drive into the studio, when there was 15 inches of snow on the ground and you gave one of the greatest traffic reports ever when you said Kias were literally about the street and I think of that I can't tell you how many times in a given year I think of that line and it makes me laugh every single time good times good times well we will talk to you again on Monday hopefully after a a Hawkeye win Uh, but of course we'll have everything covered on Hawkeye Nation all week and uh, and check out Hawkeye podcast where John Miller will be uh, doing his thing thank you Andrew we'll talk next week Uh, thanks for listening go Hawks (laughs) 